everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is August 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Taylor Zakar Perez. I first met Perez last year over Zoom to talk about The Kissing Booth 2. This time, we're chatting about the third and final installment of the Netflix rom-com, his work on HBO's upcoming raunchy new series, Minx, and if the Olympics had him missing his days as a competitive swimmer. But before we get to Mr. Perez, let's take a look at this week's Just for Variety column. Is the world ready for a sequel to Marlon and Sean Wayans' 2004 hit comedy, White Chicks? Marlon certainly thinks so. He tells me that he thinks the time is right for a follow-up to the film about two FBI agents, played by Marlon and Sean, who pretend to be the young, white, vapid socialites that they have been assigned to protect from a potential kidnapping. Marlon says, I think White Chicks 2 is necessary. I think we've tightened up so much that we need to loosen our ties a bit and laugh a little bit. White Chicks, which was made for $37 million, grossed more than $113 million worldwide. Marlon says, I don't think Hollywood understands what a juggernaut White Chicks 2 would be. The actor is on the big screen this month as Aretha Franklin's first husband in respect. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Here's Taylor Zakar Perez. When we did talk, I remember saying to you, like, well, what about Kissing Booth 3? I, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, it's like Netflix had a gun to my head off screen. I know, and, um, I know. <laughs> and I talked to um, the, my PR team afterward, and I was like, guys, it's so hard just yeah. you know, looking them in the eye and being like, Kissing, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I was like, my foot's tapping under the table. So yeah, Kissing Booth 3, it was, um, we shot it at the same time, Block shot it, and it was, it was an experience, you know, because it being kind of like my breakout role, um, and like my first, you know, project that was, you know, at like a crazy international level, um, you just like show up to set, you're with Joey, and you, you know, I think while we were there, halfway through, she got nominated for the Emmy for the act. And so already I'm already like showing up and giving 110 rehearsals. She gets nominated. I'm like, wow. I was like, she's great. I knew she was great. And you just, it just like made you want to, made me want to level up every time. It was like, right. I got to bring 150% cause like she's giving 110 and it's like, you know, she's just like surrounding yourself with actors and, you know, people that you that inspire you and you just want to make you better um, is, was, was awesome. And so, block shooting it, we would have Kissing Booth 2 in the morning and then Kissing Booth 3 in the evening. And we'd be like, wait, so where's Marco's relationship? <laughs> and like, we all knew it, but it was always just Vince being, giving us the lowdown of like, so right. this, and this is happening here and go. We're like, okay, you know? So, it was, uh, so, so when, you, when you signed on for it, were you signed for all three movies right uh, off the shot? Yeah, for two and three, it was like the two month audition process. And then I actually didn't know about three until, you know, all the 
stuff was coming back and forth with right. you know, between agents and their people. And they said, okay, there's going to be a second movie or there'll be a third movie. And like, there's no option to not do it. And I wasn't, I didn't think I was not going to do it. It was just more <laughs> like, oh, wow, there's two movies back to back. Got it. You know, it was, uh, it was definitely a surprise. Definitely a surprise. So do you think fans will be happy with the way well, we don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say <laughs> how it ends up. But do you think fans will be satisfied? Ooh, depends on who you're rooting for. <laughs> you know, I think it's, yeah. it's it's tough because I mean, I think what's so great about all three of these movies and like what Vince was able to do um, was really give this fully carved out arc to each of the characters, right? Mm -hmm. So we get to see from one to three how they've changed, how they've grown. So I think if you're like a, a like a team Noah guy, a team Marco guy, or just a team L or a team Lee, you just you have so many people you want to root for throughout it, and it's like you just have teased along for one, to right. three. So I would say there will be some heartbreak <laughs> for the viewers, but I think it'll be very empowering for uh, a lot of the, the female audience, uh, which, is, which is great. What, how has it been? I mean, when we first spoke, obviously, you know, Kissing With One had come out, Kissing With Two hadn't come out yet. How, what does it feel like to have this success within the world that's a pandemic? It's so weird. It, it's just surreal. It, it is because, you know, we had the year I had the year that I was home after, so 2019 to 2020. The movie was supposed to release in May of last year, pushed to July. Um, then there was supposed to be maybe a release in the same year, but then it just, everything just <laughs> changing. And so I just was in the house and doing you know, <laughs> this kind of stuff when the movie launched and I wasn't seeing anybody. If I did go to the grocery store, I was like, you know, my hats all the time, a hat with a <laughs> mask on not a single person came up to me. And I was like, and it's normal, it was normal. It's always normal, like no one's coming up to me. So right. the only time people really run into me is like when I'd be surfing, there'd always be maybe a, a girl under the age of 18 that <laughs> you know, like gasps when I walk by. <laughs> which, which is, I, I, I didn't notice, it always be like a buddy that was surfing with me that was like, hey, I think that girl just recognized you. I was like, <laughs> and then I never looked because then I was like, that means that they'll probably I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing because you see them, you see them looking to you of like, you're that guy. This is so exciting. And you know, they want to ask for a photo, but then you don't want to, I, I just want to like rip the bandage off. You're like, do you want a photo? But <laughs> I did that one time at a, at a coffee shop and the girl looked at me like I was insane. Like, why would I want a photo with you? And I was like, never mind. And then 10 minutes later, she did come up to me and asked for a photo. I was like, okay, you know, like I'm, I wasn't that far off. Like I felt the energy. So it's definitely more and more um, happening more and more. And it's, it's sweet. It's like, you know, you're seeing your, you know, like one of your favorite movie people in real life. You during could say movie, you could say movie star. <laughs> <laughs> I always put star in parentheses when I like, like movie star. I don't know. I think <laughs> so many stars out there, you know, it's like starlets or I don't know. It's like the work never ends. I think the work just never ends. Hang on one second. 
Paca. Shut <laughs> oh, Goddamn dog. What kind of dog do you have? She's the little Jack Russell nut job. She's just, she's insane. We have two. The other one I call him the stoner dog because he just. Chilling. He's just a chill dog. California. Jack Russell, she's lost some weight. She's feeling herself lately. <laughs> <laughs> and she just loves to bark when I'm on a Zoom. My dog is like so straight laced. Um, he's <laughs> in protection mode, like with his big shoulders and his, and his <laughs> Um and he's just been even more protective during the pandemic. Like any knock on the door, any truck noise. Right. He's like, who's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the little girl that we have, she's like that. Like, and we're ground level. So she, she could just hop on the window and she just looks out and waits for another dog or the mailman or the delivery person. And then they both go crazy if they hear my car or my husband's car in the back. As if like we haven't seen them in years. She's getting her steps in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me, tell me about um, one up. One up. Talk about this. Yeah. What could you tell me? What can I tell you? Um, it's you know it was a, a quarantine project uh, right. comedy um, that comes from. It's actually BuzzFeed and Live, BuzzFeed's first feature. Uh, Lionsgate, yeah. Lionsgate. And it was, you know, kind of crazy because when I signed on, Ellen Page, Elliot Page was set. And then I think a week went by and I think I'm on a plane to Toronto and Ruby Rose is recast in his role. And I, I, I was like, what's happening? And then, I mean, it was great. I, I just was, you know, things were just Fly right. and then we shot it. We're up there for two months back and forth. I did an HBO project when I came home from it before I went back in January, <laughs> and um, and we actually had to finish. The the girls had to finish shooting in Buffalo, New York, because of some visa issues. Um, and so it was it was crazy. It was it was um no not like it was not like kissing booth. It was not a. Uh, it was it was an interesting experience uh, to say the least yeah so you this was like all shot of like the covid protocols all that craziness yeah yeah it was it was tough i mean toronto was i mean i, I messed with the people in toronto like with the buzzfeed crew from there they're like how do you like toronto and i said you know i just love all the different shades of gray in the sky <laughs> sometimes dark sometimes less dark and i would just mess with <laughs> Because I mean, you're in your hotel, you can't go anywhere. Right. Um, and they, they all started like nagging on me. I'm like, I'm kidding, you guys, come on. I mean, we're, you can't go anywhere. Like, I mean, right. I haven't got to experience it yet. And we didn't, uh, when we, we were over the quarantine, we weren't able to explore downtown or go to the shops or, you know, I think A Quiet Place 2 was actually filming at the time. Um, mm -hmm. It was A Quiet Place. It was freezing. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to go back to Toronto in the winter. Ever again. Yeah. It's just so just bitter cold. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've only been there during the festival and I love Toronto, love that city. I know, I, I really want to go back for a redemption visit. <laughs> All the people that I met from Toronto had nothing but good things to say about it. But I think just given the circumstances and you know, we were, 
I think we were we were housed like in the next to a gas station, a McDonald's, and like a Costco, half a mile away. So you know there were no sidewalks. It was it was rough. You had to like self motivate every morning. Uh, what kind of comedy is it? Um, I mean, like you know, situational comedy. It's, it's about a, a yeah. bunch of gamers uh, in a in a college, and I am like this you know this head gamer internationally ranked. Um, I'm the head of this team, scholarship student, um, very, very confident in himself. And when Paris Blark comes in, she is probably just as good as me, just doesn't have the confidence because she's coming into this very male-dominated uh, team. Mm -hmm. So you get Hari Neff, um, you get Paris, and then you get a bunch of misfits that create their own team. And then we go head-to-head um, you know, throughout the film as like the other team at the same university and just deals with you know, sexism and ableism and like, you know, just, um, it's hilarious. It's, it's actually really funny. And mm-hmm. the best part, like the best part of doing a comedy like with, with Kyle Newman was that he gave you such crazy bandwidth to improvise. And he's like, okay, like hit it. You guys, let's get what's on the page first and then let's move on. Uh, but like, let's do like a free spin, whatever you want to do, like create your own jokes. Like let's have three like alts at all times. And you know, this this girl, DJ Mausner, I think her last name is, uh, she, she was just like, had that Melissa McCarthy level humor that mm-hmm. you know, when it's your coverage and you're like, you're supposed to be this like stoic guy that hates these people. And you're just, she just going, like she's <laughs> giving her the time to go and I'm like, so you're breaking. Are you breaking? Like Jimmy Fallon on SNL, man. Like you're, <laughs> and 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 then it's just, it just it was it was fun. Like that was the best part. I, I think if it was a drama, being in that situation, it would have been more intense. But because every day we got to do comedy, which is something that I love, um, I was, I was, I was stoked on it because every like left and right, we're just throwing zingers at each other. And they get, they're just completely out of left field sometimes. And we're like, what was that, you know? And you're like, okay, <laughs> I'll take it back. Let's reworkshop, reworkshop that. And it was, um, like, I think the freedom to play was was fun. And um, and then I was, so in between that, I went there for two or three weeks. I came back to shoot um, Minx on HBO. Now we're gonna take a short break, but when we return, Perez teases his work in Minx, HBO's upcoming series about the launch of an erotic women's magazine in the 1970s. Will we see more than just a shirtless Perez this time around? Find out what he says after this short break. Welcome back to Just For Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's more of Taylor Zakar Perez. Tell me about Minx. Uh, it's wild. It's, it's wild. I mean, it's wild. It's uh, based in the 70s. Um, yeah. And Ophelia Lovey Bond plays this writer, editor that wants to create her own magazine. And you have Jake Johnson in the mix. And so when you, when you, I mean, when, I love Jake Johnson. I mean, he is great. one of my favorite comedic actors. Um, like ever since New Girl, I've just been obsessed with it. And you know, mm-hmm. from like family from Chicago, you know, he's from Chicago, just kind of like feels that that kind of humor. Um, and so I, we come in, like there's some kind of like, you know, there's a raunchy stuff that happens. Yeah, but by the way, this she's this isn't a writer just starting a magazine. 
<laughs> I just starting an erotic women magazine. You forgot the erotic. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what am I not allowed to say about this? Um, <laughs> an erotic women's magazine that is very raunchy. And, uh, and so the first day we shot, you know, again, in a COVID climate, um, right. uh, the hair stylist just tested the day before. So then we pushed back three or four more days to make sure everyone was clear, came in and, and um, we did the scene, it was great. And you know, like I love Ophelia, I've seen her before and I love Jake obviously. And then the next day, like day two, I'm the only guy on the transpo van and Jake comes in and I'm just kind of like, hey, cause he was pretty quiet the other day like you know he's kind of just like he's like there he's just like you know he's like i've been set for the past 10 years like this let's do it and so and i'm like yeah like this is fun you know i mean it's obviously he's having a good time too but i'm in the transfer van and he comes in and i'm saying hey good morning hey good morning i'm like i'll give him his you know creative space like i don't want to say much and then he like just turns around looks at me and he's like fucking funny stuff dude yesterday funny fucking stuff and I just kind of like melted, you know, like you're, you're like, oh, he's funny. And he said, I was, funny. <laughs> so that was like my fan fanboy moment in a way of like, Good wow. to you. he said, I was funny. Like, that's awesome. And then, you know, it's just, we just, they, they're, everyone was just so, it, the, the, the team that they put together, it's a, it's a female driven, um, you know, cast, uh, director, writer, producer, cinematographer, wow. like, um, and it's just, it's so raunchy. And so, how, okay, so how raunchy does Taylor get? Uh, I mean, there may or may not be skin shown. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> how much skin, Taylor? I can't give that away. I can't give that Listen, we've seen you plenty shirtless. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll see more. We'll see more. Are you nervous? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's the water guy. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a little, it was a little nerve wracking at, at first, just because the lead up was so long. Like I auditioned for it and I read it two days before lockdown, like March-ish. Wow. And I was like, this script's amazing. And then August, it comes back around and I had, I auditioned for it and then had a producer director session for new notes, auditioned for it again. And then we had COVID tests for like a month and a half, but then I went to Toronto to film and then I came back. And so it was like, uh, I mean, March, I mean, I'm sure it was even longer for the people that, you know, the creators, like, I don't know, but I was, I was stoked. Like this was a project that anything that came in, you know, film wise, like we had, film opportunities and um that came in but I just it's just such a special story Mm -hmm. and you know like when I I probably can count on one hand the amount of times I've cracked up reading a script like like belly laughed and not not just like the passive "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) those pauses of like emailing your reps and being like this is so funny. I need to do this. This is so funny. I need to do this. And usually I feel like it's like divine intervention because, you know, it, it happened, um, you know, like with Sinbad, uh, with Frank Karachi, just like this, like he is just such a hilarious script. And I think on page like 30, 60, 90, and 100, I was 
emailing every time like this is so funny oh my god oh my god oh my god you know and so that's how this felt and it's the 70s which i feel like just from your instagram looking at your fashion what you're into you probably loved whatever wardrobe that you were wearing but apparently had to take off at some point yes i mean <laughs> for, for fittings it was funny because for fittings you're trying tons of stuff and you think you're going to be wearing all the stuff and i get there i'm wearing nothing that I tried on. That I tried on. And and like, you know, these these 70s tank tops are this big, and then you put it on and it actually fits you. And it's like skin tight, your bell bottoms. Um crop is it a crop is it a crop tank top? No, no, no. It's it's like a high-waisted, <laughs> I was a high-waisted uh, bell bottom with a uh, tank top, and then I had a mustache. And you had a mustache, like full, did you grow it? I did, but then I got to set and they're like, you know what? There's enough mustaches uh, with all the characters. So we're gonna actually shave yours. And then they put some hair um, pieces like in my hair to make it, you know, more seventies. And right. that was also the coolest part, right? Cause the, like the transformation when you go period piece. Um, yeah. All the pieces of hair and the facial hair and the clothing, like it makes you feel less, especially shooting in LA, right? Because I've shot, a handful of things in Los Angeles and it kind of feels, I don't want to say unspecial, but it doesn't feel like you're going to work. It just feels like you're going to the studio that you've been auditioning at for the last 10 years, right. but you're actually getting to work. Whereas right. when you film in South Africa or Toronto or Vancouver, you're like, I'm going on a business trip and I'm going to dive <laughs> even deeper because I'm away. And, and, um, and I mean, with this project, you're not allowed. You're like, you, you, you had to be there, like had to be in the seventies, had to understand, what was going on in the seventies and, um, and really just lean into the comedy because it's, it's, it's like, high, it's like highbrow, raunchy, intelligent comedy that is. So have you, have you, have you warned your mom yet? Like maybe you don't want to watch this. I, I, I showed her and I showed her some stuff. She's like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> That's me. She's like, what? You know, or I try, I try to keep it away from mom a bit more. She's so excited to like tell everyone what, like what I'm in and my aunt will call me and like, it's like she's taking notes over the phone to tell like, well, my neighbor said, my neighbor told me that you were on set yesterday, but what are you filming? And I'm like, <laughs> reshoots or press day or, you know, it's like, it's nothing that I haven't told you about already. Like she calls right. me as if, she is wow. like the leading foremost expert on Taylor Ricard Perez career. And like she, <laughs> or she's the fan club coordinator. Like, why do I not have this on the bulletin? Uh, which is, which is pretty funny. Uh, but you know, HBO just is, I think has always done a bit more than the other studios. Wow, that's awesome. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see the tank tops and the bell bottoms. Oh, I know me too. It's a- How, how, how big is the hair? <laughs> yeah. uh it's like here it's really like, yeah like yeah like there it's not it's not it's like what i had in high school it's funny when i look back uh right. i swam and my hair was always in my face i'd like put a cap on but it would turn like a bronzy green because of the chlorine right. because the chlorine yeah i just had to buzz it because you know, it was gross and have you uh speaking of swimming and speaking of you being you know a national uh ranked swimmer have you been watching the olympics are you yes yeah yes. so it's just so impressive i mean a kid actually uh that was 
four years behind me. So we had won state uh, three years in a row. Um, mm -hmm. And this kid that was coming in as I was graduating, he actually just was on the 400 meter freestyle. Oh, wow. Kid named Blake, uh, which was, it just, it's just so exciting to see people that, you know, you kind of come up with years ago, you know, like 15 right. years ago, and you just see that like the dedication that they have kept doing with the practices nonstop. And I don't know, swimming is just, the Olympics are just, I just can't stop saying impressive because it, it also makes me laugh when, you know, there's like those funny memes of guys sitting at home judging these women for Miss America, you know, like they have right. a this, a slight that. And people do it in the Olympics too. And I think as, as you know, as like a, as a performer, as someone who, you know, like there's always that slight chance like you can mess up, even though you've rehearsed so many times, like no one celebrates fourth, you know, everyone wants the gold, right. but, and everyone always has a comment about this or that. And I just like sit there just enamored with every single person, like all 20 of you are the best in your country, the best in your region, right. and the best in the world. And you're here competing. And if you get 20th place at the Olympics, you like you still the Olympics still at the Olympics man like it's uh I guess it's also I guess it gets akin to the um to award ceremonies right like there's yeah. the nominees yeah. and then there's the the contenders that are like for your consideration and you're like everyone is just operating at their highest level of talent right now and like I wish everyone I wish everyone just could get the recognition because it's so good you know like when you get to do, that, do, you're, like, you're just so good. Do you ever, do you watch the Olympics and say, ah, oh, no. I should have stuck with it. No, no, I smell chlorine and run. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, it was a great 11 years of my life. Wow. That definitely instilled like the dedication that I have as an actor, as a worker, um, you know, because I worked um, with my uncle for art department for, five years when I moved here and I worked as a waiter mm -hmm. and I worked um, like modeling and commercials and just like paying, paying to go to UCLA, paying to go to acting class, paying to like, just tr like saving money, just trying to, to know that like, this is it. Like I need to like dig my heels into the ground and be dedicated to this. And swimming was that for me because right. up at five in the pool by 545 and then you're in the pool again until six o'clock that night. And um, I don't think I don't think that I would be as successful today uh, without without swimming. And do you do you see like when you know Simone Biles is saying, you know what, I got to take a mental health break here? Do you get that? Yeah, yeah, because I think yeah. at like a young age you just you you kind of have to listen to your parents, right? Like they want right. the best for you, and in in most cases, I would say your parents want the best for you, and they want you to exceed, and maybe it's more of their dream than your dream but they just they see something in you that maybe you don't see in yourself to get you to the mm. next level and I feel like Simone at a at a at her age now it's probably has she's thinking for herself thinking for her body wants to take care of it and it's like maybe it's less about the winning for her and more about the journey and being a being a light to those who want to be her and say like mm. it's okay like it's okay to have a moment where you slip or it's okay to have a moment where you feel down, but like you can't turn away from it, right? Like you have to acknowledge it and feel everything you're feeling, especially if it's a physical 
um, mm. issue, uh, her ankle. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I don't know. I heard, I think someone slammed her the other day about it, um, like a yeah. newscaster or something. And, um, you know, you, it's like, I don't know, kind of just makes, makes me mad. It just, yeah, it kind of makes yeah. me mad. That was Taylor Zakar Perez. You can see him now in The Kissing Booth 3, available on Netflix. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Malkin. For all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time, and be safe, stay well. Stay well.